Amen. Thank you. We've got your Bibles this morning. Lift them up. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's Word. It's His truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I get started today, I just want to mention to you guys, if you go to our website, on our website, Becky does a really good job, and Marty, of recording the sermons, and we put them on the website. You can go back the last three or four years, all the sermons are on there. Well, recently, Becky uh, figured out how to put the sermon notes on there as well. So you can go on, and you can actually go back through the sermons if there's something that you feel like you need or someone else needs. I was so blessed this week, I received an email from a lady's daughter. Who, who the, the mother goes to the church, the daughter lives somewhere else, and uh, she had, her mom said, you really need to listen to this series. And she emailed me back and said, Pastor, I just want you to know this really helped set me free in some areas of my life. So the Word is active all the time. God's Word is eternal. And so you can go back and restudy some of these things, and they'll help you later. Amen? So take advantage of that on the website. I'm going to share with you today the very first message that I ever shared when I came here as your pastor. How many of you have been here for a year or less? Let me see your hands. Okay, quite a few people. How about, how about two years or less? Okay. How about three years or less? Okay. All right, so some of you may have heard this, some of you haven't, but I want you to know, even if you've been here before and heard this, you're going to hear it in an entirely different way today because what I did, I really felt impressed that God wanted me to preach this to you. So I approached it without looking at my old notes. I'm approaching it as if it's a brand new sermon. And the Lord showed me some things that I didn't see last time, like how to say the guy's name right. That was one of them. But I'm going to, you know, I'm going to share some of these things with you. But if you've got your Bibles, open them up. You can also look at the screen or on your notes. 2 Samuel 23, 20 through 21, my favorite section of the Bible. Here we go. New American Standard. Then Benaiah. I always said Benaiah. It's Benaiah. So I'm just sharing that now. Confession. Then Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, I don't know how to say that, so I'm probably saying that wrong. The son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done mighty deeds, killed the two sons of Ariel of Moab. Listen to this next sentence. He also went down and killed a lion in the middle of a pit on a snowy day. He killed an Egyptian, an impressive man. Now the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, but Benaiah went down to him with a club took away the spear from the Egyptian and killed him with his own spear. Benaiah is a really impressive guy, isn't he? But what I want you to see is the middle scripture, and that's the one I'm going to be focusing on today. Benaiah went down and killed a lion in the middle of a pit on a snowy day. One sentence out of the entire Bible. But think about that for a minute. You know, it's really easy for us as Christians, as believers, even in history, to look at a, a section, and, and there may just be one sentence that somebody just puts in, but there's a volumes of story in that one sentence. Let's think about it. Let me just break it down for you. Benaiah, Benaiah, sorry, if I say it wrong, y'all deal with it, okay? Benaiah, the bee guy, okay, he jumped into a pit with a lion on a snowy day and killed it. He walked up to a pit, jumped in the pit with a lion on a snowy day and killed it. That's an amazing statement. 
It didn't say he was walking down the road and there was a lion and the lion attacked him and he got lodged in his throat and the lion suffocated. (laughs) I mean, the lion was already in a pit. But he went up and he jumped down in the pit with the lion. What is going on with this guy? What is it about this guy that would actually do something like that? Now listen, uh, you, you guys, uh, hunting guys, you've seen all the shows. I mean, how impressive is it really to say, hey, you know, I went to Africa and I had this 30 odd 6 deer rifle and I sat in a blind 200 yards away with a guide that's carrying a gun and there's this, there's this bait out there 200 yards and I shot this lion. Whoopie-doo. I mean, you know, like, like, really, is there any danger really involved? Well, yeah, I mean, you might fall out of the blind or something, but, I mean, the chances of that lion actually attacking you are pretty slim to none, aren't they? I mean, really. It doesn't look good on the advertisements of the hunting thing to say, hey, come, to, come on one of our lion hunts, you might be eaten. You know, that doesn't do real well. They're doing everything they can to make this as safe for you as possible. But not this guy. I mean, this was hundreds of years ago. He didn't have a gun. He had a stick or a sword, whatever, and he jumped down in the pit with this lion. But let's talk about some lion fast facts. I love facts about things. So let's talk about facts about lions. The average African male lion weighs between 350 and 500 pounds. There's a picture now. They look so beautiful, don't they? I mean, they're kitty, kitty. I mean, you see that. Don't you want to just give him a hug? I mean, really? Don't you want to give him a hug? Um, but, but here's the deal. Lions consume a wide variety of prey. Wildebeest, impala, zebra, giraffe, buffalo, razorbacks. I'm just throwing that in there. Rhinos, hippos. They also feed on smaller animals like rabbits, birds, reptiles. Lions, listen, lions are also known to attack elephants when they're really, really hungry. So this, this animal is a killing and eating machine. It's kind of like what it does. You know, the job description for a lion, I eat stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what they do. They kill what they want and they eat it. Uh, Here's some more facts for you. The largest lion recorded was nearly 700 pounds and nearly 11 feet long. That's big. A lion's eyesight is five times better than your eyesight. And remember also, they typically hunt at nighttime. So they can see. A lion can hear prey from a mile away. Lions can smell nearby prey and estimate how long it was in the area. Now, I don't know if they did a, you know, a questionnaire and asked the lions how they do that. I, I don't know how they figured that out. But anyway, um, listen, this is impressive. A lion's roar can be heard from five miles away. Some of you guys snoring can be heard from five miles away too. But, you know, that's beside the point. Five miles away. A lion is known as the king of beasts for his bravery and his fighting skills. The teeth of a male lion, his largest fangs, can be up to five inches long. Take a look at that. That doesn't look as fun to pet, does it, as, as the other one. His, t- his claws average one to one and a half inches long. These are impressive creatures. So I really want you to understand when you say, oh, yeah, and Benaiah jumped in a pit and killed a lion on a snowy day. There's a little bit more to it than that, isn't there? Just a little bit more to it. Uh, A couple other interesting facts that I didn't write down but I thought were very interesting. The female lions are the ones that actually go out and do most of the killing. 
impressive. But I think what's even more impressive is the female lions go out and kill the food, but they don't eat until the male lion eats first. Come on, guys. Let's give it up right there. I think that's awesome. Honey, dinner, wildebeest, you know, and here you go. Come eat. And I don't know why they do that, but anyway, I think that's pretty impressive. I'm going to use some poetic lessons, and I want to walk you through this story a little bit. This is how Pastor Chris sees it, okay? This is how I see it. So Benaiah's at home, and he and Miss Benaiah are sitting at the house with all the little Benaiah kids, and they're all sitting around, and they're watching the Discovery Channel on their rock. You know, anyway, they're sitting in there, and all of a sudden, Miss Benaiah says, Hey, Benaiah, would you run down to the Hebrew Mart? I need some kosher pickles, and I need a lamb. And he's like, Oh. The game's about to come on, but okay, I'll go. So he grabs his spear and whatever, and he takes off walking down the road, going to the Hebrew Mart. And he turns around the corner out in the middle of nowhere, and there's a lion. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm walking down the road and all of a sudden there's one of these lions sitting in the middle of the road, what is your first response? Run, thank you, you're absolutely right. I am running, and here's the cool thing. I mean, can you not see the scripture say, and Benaiah was really fast. He outran a male lion, you know? Fastest dude in Israel's history. You know, I mean, that would have been impressive, wouldn't it? Got home, woohoo! I ran, I, I beat a lion. It was awesome. That's a cool story. But for some reason, the lion turns around and takes off running. Now, here's another place to really stop. <laughs> I scared a lion off. But Benaiah does something very interesting. He chases the lion. Again, I'm taking some poetic license here. Lion takes off running. All of a sudden, it starts snowing. It's snowing. And the lion falls down into a pit. Can't get out of the pit. Here's another good place to stop, right? Because you're thinking, if, if you're me, you're thinking, I'm going to tell all my buddies I chased this lion in the pit, and then I'm bringing them out here, right? I mean, I chased the lion. He ran into a pit. I am the man. Somebody come kill this thing. Lion falls in the pit. Snowy day. Got a spear, maybe a sword, whatever. But Benaiah does what is unimaginable to anybody I know. Instead of walking away, he takes a few steps back and turns around and jumps into the pit. Pits are dark, right? This lion sees five times better than you do. Benaiah probably weighs 180, 200 pounds, maybe. Lion outweighs him by a few hundred pounds. It's snowy, which means it's slippery and cold. Lion's got fur. He's also got claws. Advantage goes to the lion. There is no advantage in the natural that Benaiah has. This is crazy. And yet something possesses him to jump into the pit with the lion, doesn't it? And he kills it. Number one, look at your notes. Look at your notes. God is in the business of strategically positioning us in the right place at the right time. A sense of destiny is a birthright as followers of Christ. God is good at getting us where he wants us to go. But here's the catch. The right place often seems like the wrong place. And the right time often seems like the wrong time. See, to anybody in this room, if I say, 
hey, you know, I ran into a lion. Your first thought is, wow, you got away. That's great. But that's not how God works. See, God saw that as an opportunity. The world looks at problems and go, oh, that's terrible that this and that and this is happening. But God is positioning us to do something. But the problem is, it doesn't look like the right place at the right time. It looks like the wrong place at the wrong time. And yet, it's God's plan to put us in these positions where we have to face our lions. And what today is really about is about your lions and what you're going to do about them. Because we've all got them. Yeah, it may not be a physical 500-pound lion that's staring you in the face, but I want you to understand something. It's just as deadly, and it's just as real. It's just as deadly, and it's just as real. Listen to this. Where the whole world sees destruction, God sees opportunity. Your decision, your decision is whether you're going to jump in and face the lion or you're going to play it safe. Listen to me, I wrote this down. Throughout your life, you will face lions in various forms. But the path to your future lies through that lion pit. Your future depends on how you're going to deal with the lions in your life, the challenges in your life, where you're going to end up. And if you're going to be the person that God's called you to be, it's how you face these lions when they come along. Because here's what most of us do. Lions in the pit. I'm walking around the pit, and I'm going to look at the lion, but I'm not jumping in there. Here's the problem. If you don't deal with that lion, you can't move forward in your life. And there are people who you know, that I know, and there's even people in this room right now who are facing lions in their life. Let me clear up what some of these lions might be. Maybe you're facing an addiction that you can't kick. That's your lion. Maybe it's relational challenges in your marriage. That's your lion. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's getting along with people. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's a physical challenge or disability that you're facing. Whatever it is, it's your lion. And you can fill in the blank because there's lots of lions. But it's your lion. And listen, everybody's lions are different. Some people face addiction challenges. I don't have that challenge, but I have other challenges that maybe they don't face. And some people might look at your lion and see a kitten. But for you, it's a 500-pound lion. But the future that God has planned for you requires that you go deal with that lion. Because you can spend your entire existence, listen to me, you can spend your entire existence walking around that lion pit and never deal with it. You've heard around, you've heard the old uh, comment or, or explanation, hey, we've been around this mountain before. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. It's those recurring challenges that until you deal with them, they will not go away. Number two, look at number two. God is in the resume building business. He is always using our past experiences to prepare us for future opportunities. God is always using our past experiences, good and bad by the way, to prepare us for future opportunities. So listen, years later, years later, you know, Benai goes down and kills the lion, right? Years later, King David is now looking for somebody to be the head of his personal bodyguard. 
Okay? He's looking through job descriptions. He's looking through resumes. That's what David's doing. And he's going, I need to pick the guy, the baddest dude in the kingdom. Who is the guy that I'm going to pick to be my personal bodyguard for me and my family? Look at your notes. 2 Samuel 8, chapter 18. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, same guy, was captain of the king's bodyguard. Guess what? David's sitting at his desk, and he's going through resumes. I graduated Hebrew University with a degree in criminal justice, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then he gets to Benaiah's resume. Jumped in a pit with a lion on a snowy day and killed him. That's my man. Right? But I want you to understand something. When Benaiah was getting ready to jump into the pit with the lion, this was not his pre-planned thing. It wasn't, hey, you know what? I bet if I turn around and jump in this pit and I kill him, I'll become King David's bodyguard. That never even entered the equation. He killed it because it needed to be killed. I'm going to say that again. He killed the lion because the lion needed to be killed. And in our lives, the challenges we face, the addictions we face, the problems and the sin that I'm really talking about, recurring sin in our life, that thing that keeps hanging us up, the thing that trips us up, we have got to deal with it. Because here's the thing. It qualifies you for the future that God has for you. People will look at your resume and say, wow, who better to teach an addiction recovery class than someone who's beaten it? Who better to lead a healing ministry than someone who's been healed from cancer? Who better to restore lives than someone whose lives have been torn apart and yet they allowed God to come in and work in their lives and heal them? Do you see? How many of you have heard the term, been there, done that, wrote the book, got the t-shirt? You know, when I want to talk to someone who, who is an expert, I want to talk to someone who has experience in things. I don't want to just get anyone's opinion. I want to talk to an expert. I want to talk to somebody who's overcome these things. And God is planning those things for you. And you need to understand, he's doing it on purpose. God wants you to be an overcomer because, folks, like I said a few minutes ago, the world is getting darker. It's not getting lighter. But here's an amazing thing about the dark. The Bible talks about this, guys. In the last days, it's going to get tough, and people are looking for help and hope. And where are they going to look? They're going to be looking for lights. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. So when you overcome these challenges, when you face these challenges and you kill the lion, you shine a little bit brighter. You know, here's something else I want you to understand. I would imagine when Benaiah jumped into the pit, he didn't walk out of that thing without any scars on him. I bet he got a little bit bloody. You know, I saw something on a show this week that made a comment that I've really taken to heart. It says, life is not for the faint of heart. Anybody ever had a hard time in life? Let me see your hands. Yeah, life can be tough, can't it? And it'll beat you up. But I want you to know something. You are not alone. There is a God who is with you and who will walk with you and who will carry you. And here's my point. You have to approach your personal lions with the same attitude that Benaiah did. Only one of us is coming out of this pit. 
Benaiah decided it was more important for him to face his lion than it was for him to be alive if that what was necessary. Only one of them was walking out of that pit. But he said, I would rather die than live with this lion being around. That's a good place for all of us to be. Philippians 4, verses 12 through 13 says this. I know how to be abased. This is Paul talking to the church at Philippi. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. In other words, I know how to have a little and I know how to have a lot. Everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. 1 John 4 verses 2 through 4 says this. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that is coming and is now already in the world. We're dealing with that today, aren't we? Verse 4. But you are from God, little children, and you have overcome them. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. See, here's the point. Here's the point. When you decide you're going to face the lions in your life, you're not going into the pit by yourself. Jesus is going to be with you. God's going to be with you. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you. You're not alone. He's there. And so it's not some crazy, foolhardy thing that you're doing. See, when Benaiah jumped in the pit, he wasn't by himself. God was with him. God was with him. Number three. Dr. Neil Rose makes a fascinating distinction between two types of regret. Regret. There's the regret of action, and there's the regret of inaction. In other words, there's the regret of doing something, something we've done. We regret that. But there's also the regret of not doing something that we should have done. Guess which one's harder to deal with? The second one. The things that will typically bother you more in your life, it's not the things that you've done, it's the things that you should have done and didn't do. See, Benaiah could have walked away from the pit. And that would have been it. He probably wouldn't have showed up again in Scripture anywhere. And yet, because he was willing to face his lion and not live with the regret. I mean, how many of us look back? I mean, can you imagine years later, Benaiah said, I wonder if I'd have jumped in that pit, what would have happened? And I have made a determination in my life, and I don't know how well I'm doing, but I'm really trying to not live a life of regret. I wish I would have. I mean, I would hate to think, Trish, what if we didn't ever come? What if we'd have done the easy thing and stayed? What if we'd have said, where's Hardy, Arkansas? Because not facing your lions is easier. It's easier. But you also have to deal with regret of what if I would have? What if God would have met me in the pit? What if God would have been there with me to face my personal lion? What if we'd have walked out of there alive? What would happen then? 
What would happen today if you're willing to face your addiction and the power and the presence of God and overcome your addiction? What's going to happen to the generation of your family if you'll do that? What if you'll forgive that person that's wronged you that you've been carrying around and you've been walking around the surface of the pit but you've never been brave enough to do it? What if you do that? What if you'll face that personal challenge that you're facing, knowing that the power and the presence of God and His Word says that He'll be there, but you have to be brave. You have to be brave. Listen to me, Hebrews 13.5 in the Amplified Bible. For He, God, Himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Now listen to this. This is what the Amplified says. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you. I won't let you down. I won't relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. How many times did God say he's not going anywhere? If God says something one time, do you think that's important? What when he repeats himself? Do you think he's trying to make a point? Because he knew you were going to face your lions. He knew there were going to be challenges. There were going to be times in your life that you were going to feel all alone. And you wouldn't know if you were going to make it. And by the way, Jesus knows what that feels like. But hear me, and this may be the most important point I say to you guys today. When you jump in the pit, he is there with you. And he will fight with you and for you. Listen to this and write this down. But he won't push you in the pit. God's not going to make you do it. He's not going to make you do it. You have to choose to do it. You know how much it would lessen the story if it said, and Benaiah was walking to the Hebrew mark and fell into a pit with a lion, fell on the lion's head and killed him? Wouldn't mean much, would it? Because it's a mistake. But when we intentionally choose to take on our lions, God will be there. And I want you to understand that that's what he's calling you to do. And he is telling you over and over again, if you'll face them, I'll be there. If you face them, I'll be there. I'll never leave you or forsake you. If you'll face them, I'll be there. So some of you today need to understand, don't live a life of regret. Don't look back years from now and go, I wish I would have, fill in the blank. Do it now. Do it now. I want you to hear this quote from Mark Batterson, the author of this book. One of the most paralyzing mistakes we make in life is thinking that our problems somehow disqualify us from being used by God. If you don't have any problems, you don't have any potential. If you don't have any problems, you don't have any potential. Here's why. Your ability to help other people heal is limited to where you've been wounded. You know where the Bible says God will take what the devil means for evil and he'll use it for our good? You know, some of you that have gone through life and you've been so beat up and you look at your life and you go, I'm a mess. But if you will give God your mess, he'll make something beautiful out of it. And then he's going to use you to help heal other people. He's going to take that and he's going to remake that in your life. And he's going to use it to heal other people. That's what he does. 
You look at Peter. We talked about him last week. Denied Jesus three times. God forgives him. His faith is so big, but he doesn't do that anymore, does he? We see Peter turn around after that experience with Jesus, after Jesus' resurrection, and he's a new guy. He faced his lion. His lion was himself. And he received the forgiveness that God had for him because we need that. And God wants that for you. But he's not going to push you in the pit. He's not going to make you go to rehab. He's not going to force you to go to marriage counseling. You've got to choose. So it's on you. It's on you. But I tell you what we need. We need some Benaeus. That's what God needs. He needs some Benaeus. He needs some people that are willing to say, God, here I am, use me. I'm a mess. And I can say that. I am a mess. But I love him. And I trust him. And he'll take our mess and he'll turn it into something that we could never imagine if we'll give it to him. And you've got to be brave enough to jump in the pit because nobody can do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. So the big question today is what are you going to do? Are you going to walk around the rest of your life looking in the pit? Or are you going to deal with it? And my challenge to you with everything that I am and everything that I have is to be brave. And if you're scared, that's okay. Courage is being scared and but doing it anyway. Courage is being st- scared but doing it anyway. Revelations 12, 11, I'm going to close, says this. This is the end. This is the end. And they, believers, overcame him, the enemy, because of the blood of the Lamb, Jesus' sacrifice, and the word of their what? Testimony. (laughs) Their testimony. This is what Jesus did. David looks back and said, hey, I killed a lion, I killed a bear, I'm going to take old Goliath out. He had some experience, he had a testimony. And you are a testimony waiting to happen. If you'll let him do it, but you've got to help him. You've got to help him. So here's what I want to say to you today. You can spend your life not dealing with it. Or you can decide, you know what, Jesus, I need your help. I'm going to jump in the pit. And I want to encourage you in this today. Some of you need to kill your lion. Some of you need to kill your lion. And you don't know how. That's why the rest of us are here. Because here's the beautiful thing about this. Even though you have to face your lion and you have to be willing to fight your lion, God will send people alongside you to help you. You have a family, a church body that will come alongside you and help you. They will lift you up and they will carry you and they will be strength for you. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you and God wants to set you free. Jesus said, I came to set you free. To heal the brokenhearted. But you have to choose. So how do you do that? Well, you start with prayer. The second thing you have to do is you need to get with somebody and help them, let them help you. You have to call the church. We have to set up time. It's where we can sit down and deal with your issue. And we will help you do that. It's time to deal with it so that we can be the people that God wants us to be. Amen? Let's pray this morning.
Everyone's heads bowed, eyes are closed. I don't want anybody looking around. If you're here today and you've got a lion in your life that you're facing and this lion is eating your lunch and you know that you need to deal with it, but you're scared, maybe you're challenged, maybe you just know you need to do something. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I've got a lion. Amen. Hands all over the sanctuary this morning. You can put your hands down. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. But the Lord, the Holy Spirit, spoken to you this morning. You know you need to receive Christ as your Savior because that's the most important thing. You don't want to face a lion without him. But if you're here today and say, Pastor, I need to receive Jesus as my Savior. If, if that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, it's me. Amen. Here's what I want to do. If you slip your hand up, and you want to take a stand today, if that's you, I want you by faith, I want you to come down here to the altar, and I'm going to pray over you right now. If that's you, take a st- and you raised your hand, and I'd say, step on out and come down to the altar, and I'm going to pray over you right now. Be brave. Be brave. In the stillness of this moment, amen. Say, Pastor, I need to stand up against my lion. I need to face my lion. Help me do that. I want everyone to stay in an attitude of prayer for a minute. I want you to pray for those because there are a lot of people that raised their hands this morning. So I want us to be in an attitude of prayer for those around us for a moment. I'll stand this morning.
next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about the series a little bit more. I believe there's some more things that God wants me to uncover for all of us. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. You know, God's raising an army up in these last days, and there's a lot going on in the world, guys. There's a lot going on. And he wants you to be healed and healthy and whole because he wants you to be able to help other people that are also facing their lines and challenges. Many of them don't even know who Christ is, who he really is. And he wants to heal us so that we can be vessels for him. Amen. Everybody put your hand on your heart this morning. I want us to all pray this together, so just repeat this after me if you mean it. Okay, Lord Jesus, you know the lions in my life. And I can't face them alone. So Jesus, now, I'm asking you, help me. Help me be strong. And help me trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We all need that, don't we? I want to encourage you today, come to the class tonight at 6 o'clock. Love your friends. Here's what I want you to do. As you leave today. I want you to high-five four people. And remember, I'm a pastor. I'll know if you don't do it. And tell them God loves you and he ain't lying.